Hey guys, Clyde here. Today on Our Gems and Scanline Vibes, we're hopping into Chrono Cross, the often dismissed and widely overlooked follow-up to Chrono Trigger. And I mean, hey, it had big shoes to fill. But if I'm being honest with myself, I think this game has more than just a little bit of charm. We're gonna hop into the characters, the story, the presentation, and of course the music. So let's go ahead and dive on in. This is Chrono Cross, here on Scanline Vibes. Hey, Mr. Taylor, welcome back to Scanline Vibes. Happy to be here yet again. How are you doing today? Doing all right. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. I'm actually pretty excited. This is one of the first recommendations we've gotten from a listener for Ooh. a game. Yeah. We are diving into Chrono Cross today. All right. Chrono Cross. Yes. Not Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross. And this one actually comes from a listener who submitted this. When I kind of put out the feelers on a thread on mm -hmm. Scanline Vibes' Facebook page, mm -hmm. I had asked people, hey, what kind of games do you think would make for a great R Gems episode? Yeah. Like, like, what's a game that got kind of poor reception, but people still really treasure it? There's a, there's a part of the fan base that really still treasures it, and I think Chrono Cross really fits the bill. I mean, I can definitely see that, if for no other reason than until you had mentioned it to me as an upcoming episode, I'd never heard of Chrono Cross. I definitely heard of Chrono Trigger, but I had never heard of Chrono Cross prior to you mentioning it to me. Well, it's amazing. You'd actually never even heard of the game. Not that I can, I mean, it's possible somebody casually mentioned it and it just didn't stick in my mind, but no, I'd never heard any kind of detail about it. I definitely knew about Chrono Trigger, I'd heard a lot about it, but... That's... Did you own a PlayStation 1 growing up? I did not. That explains it. Um, it was definitely a, a game that, I don't know if I want to call it a flagship title for the PlayStation 1. Yeah. It, it definitely wasn't Final Fantasy, but it was a square property, it was a square title, sure. and, those, and a lot of those games around that time period had... I don't want to say like quality stickers, but the square logo and brand meant something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, it still means something today. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, oh, man, I don't want to speak for everybody. I don't want to speak for a wider portion of the audience, but I think where Chrono Cross went wrong, if, if it even is Chrono Cross's fault that it went wrong, was that it just wasn't more like Chrono Trigger. Um, have you mm. played Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross? I've never played either. Um but I've I've seen just a a teeny bit of Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I don't want to. Um, this this episode's about Chrono Cross, so I don't want to linger too too long on Chrono Trigger. Sure. I will just say that Chrono Trigger is widely considered to be among the best RPGs. Excuse me, the best JRPGs ever made. I mean, it is hmm. it is considered a timeless game for the Super Nintendo, and it is just a game that people all over the world, JRPG fans all over the world, still point to and say. That is in the top five strongest JRPGs ever. I mean, you are definitely not the only person I've ever heard say that. So, yeah. Yeah, it is it is definitely a title that it has a lot of, I don't, I don't want to use the word, I don't want to use the term brand equity, but it, it's a title that people got in their heads as being basically a flawless game. It, there, there are just games that when they released, they are so strong that the gaming public, by and large, just completely and utterly embraces them. Hmm. And I think Chrono Trigger is one of those games. Final Fantasy VII is one of those games. A modern example of one of those games would be Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch. Sure, yeah. People people will look back... In 20 years, people will look back at, back at Breath of the Wild and they will talk about how amazing of a game it is. And I guarantee you that just like Final Fantasy VII's remake is coming out, Chrono Cross 
had really, really big shoes to fill with Chrono Trigger, with people by and large accepting it as one of the greatest JRPGs ever made. It's like, how do you follow that up? How do you top that? And that has got to be the biggest stumble that Chrono Cross makes is that it's just not more like Chrono Trigger. Mm. Um, And I'm not, I'm not unsympathetic to, to this situation. I mean, with, with games that are following up on a timeless classic, like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII's remake, or even the next Breath of the Wild, the next Zelda title, Mm. it's like, there's, there's only two options. I mean, either you stay really true to the experience Mm. and you run the risk of being too similar to the original game. Yeah. Or you innovate too much, and people go, whoa, this isn't familiar. And they they say, what on earth does this look like? The new Final Fantasy VII remake that looks more like an action, um, almost it's got like shooter elements. I worry with that Final Fantasy VII remake, it's going to be too off the rails of what people are expecting from the original Final Fantasy VII. And Mm. I think people that played Chrono Trigger on the Super Nintendo and tried Chrono Cross on the PlayStation 1, I think a lot of people went into Chrono Cross expecting Chrono Trigger 2 and what they got was a very different experience. Yeah, it's really hard to to ride that line between not just duplicating the game, because then, of course, that's just boring and uninteresting, but also not going way too far in, in an opposite direction and, and alienating the people who loved your game in the first place. It's really hard to ride that line. Yeah, Chrono, Chrono Cross uh, tried, to, tried to ride that line to a certain degree, but... I also tip my hat to the team behind it because there's a lot of innovation going on in Chrono Cross. Um, mm. it, is, it is a game that a lot of people would say, I think a lot of people would be tempted to say it's not super connected to Chrono Trigger. I've heard that argument online and people will say, oh, it's Chrono Cross, it's kind of a spinoff game or it's kind of an ambiguously tied sequel or prequel. Mm. I would decline that. I, I, would, I would denounce that. I think it is a game that if you... If you're a fan of Chrono Trigger, and if you're a fan of the lore of Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross is a mandatory story element. Hmm. This is not a spinoff title, in my opinion. I mean, to be to be quite blunt, characters from Chrono Trigger appear in Chrono Cross. Main characters from Chrono Trigger. Hmm. So if you if somebody wants to say, oh, it's just Chrono Cross, it's I, I like my Chrono Trigger the way it was, that's canon, everything else isn't canon. That I mean, that's definitely people, you know, that's a that's an opinion you can have, but hmm. As far as I'm concerned, having never played Chrono Cross until recently, when I played Chrono Cross, I was shocked at how deeply connected it is to Chrono Trigger because for me going into it as kind of a new player, I had always expected it to be pretty loosely tied to Chrono Trigger. I expected it to be like kind of vague nods here and there or minor references, but that that is not the case. It is very, very clearly tied to Chrono Trigger in very, very important ways. Wow, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised to hear that because, I mean, I definitely remember hearing stuff about that when I was doing some research after you first mentioned Chrono Cross, that it is largely considered not a Chrono Trigger game other than just basically a name only. It is definitely not a name only. It is it is as important and as justified as being a part of that franchise as it can possibly be. Um, now, one interesting thing to know about the Chrono franchise is that there's actually there was actually another game released for the Super Famicom's Satellaview, and that game was called Radical Dreamers. Um, yeah. it, was, it was a Japanese game that never made it over to the West. And it never got translated. There are fan patches of it online. And that game is actually a, a visual novel style game. Huh. It's not really like Chrono Trigger. And it's not really like Chrono Cross, which is more polygonal based. Um, it's it's a visual novel game that is a very interesting story. It's t- it tells the story of, 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 a, of a young boy named Serge. 
and his group of miscreants as they, you know, their, their adventures and their exploits. And what's really interesting is that Radical Dreamers, a lot of the story and a lot of the characters in that game were repurposed for Chrono Cross years later. So if you haven't played Radical Dreamers, which I haven't, but I've read, I've read quite a few synopsis of it, I imagine that people going to play that for the first time that have played Chrono Cross will go, whoa, this is really similar. It's very eerily similar because a lot of the characters from Chrono Cross are in Radical Dreamers. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recognize the name Surge from when I was watching you play a little bit of Chrono Cross over the last couple weeks. Exactly, yeah. I guess that's a that's a good place I want to start with, uh, with Chrono Cross is the design of the main character, Surge. Yeah. Um, how much did you see of him out of curiosity? Uh, a little bit. Um, not not a ton. I wasn't paying super close attention other than to the really, really weird-looking combat system that I didn't fully understand. I'm sure we'll get to that later, but uh, that was mostly what I noticed. I've gone ahead and pulled up a, uh, a picture of the main character that I'm showing Taylor at this point. Uh, it's a picture of a young Japanese boy with a bandana on his head, spiky blue hair, kind of a vest-looking thing, shorts... Uh, very stylized, very uh, anime-esque, and this is the main character Surge from Chrono Cross. Uh, what do you? What are your impressions of this? Looking at this image, Taylor. I mean, he definitely looks pretty stereotypical pirate deckhand. Not even pirate captain, just like a deckhand. He's got that bandana, but no hat, no big flowing pirate cloak, just uh, some pretty typical sailing clothes and a bandana. He looks like he's gonna swab the poop deck. Do you want to know what this character reminds me of? This character reminds me of another Square character mm. that is from one of your favorite games. Do you want to know who Surge reminds me of? I feel like you're going to say someone from Kingdom Hearts. No. Who? I actually, looking at Surge, I get serious Titus vibes from Final Fantasy X. Yeah, I could see that a little bit. I mean, the hair is obviously totally different, but definitely the swagger is uh, is, is pretty similar in the shorts the sure. short the shorts are the big thing I mean yeah. how, how often do you see Final Fantasy or square characters have shorts on that are that are main characters pretty rare shorts are pretty yeah, rare not very often Sora and Kingdom Hearts one kind of wore really baggy puffy shorts but they also weren't that's true cloud nope squall nope nope Zidane nope mm. I don't think of any earlier Final Fantasy characters having shorts on. I don't know what it is about shorts to me. Shorts are just weird for the design of a main character. And whenever I saw Surge for the first time, I thought, hey, it's kind of like, it's like a more piratey Titus. It is definitely like a more piratey Titus. That's for sure. It's like if Titus decided to take up a life of piracy and then dye his hair bluish blackish. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what weapon Titus... I guess Titus uses a Blitzball, right? He uses a, a ball. Oh, no, that's that's Waka. Waka is, uses the Blitzball. Titus plays Blitzball, which is a sport. Titus uses a sword. Titus uses a sword. Yeah, Surge uses a, a weird, um, like, bifold sword. He uses a sword that's, like, double-edged, and it's kind of a intense-looking weapon. Kind of Darth Maul-ish. Yeah, definitely. I think beyond the characters of Chrono Cross, one of the things that this game... When I started playing it for the first time just a couple of weeks ago... One of the, the first things that really blew me away by this was just how much like a PS1 JRPG it felt like. Hmm. And that's a silly thing to say because it is a PS1 JRPG. Sure. But uh, if you don't regularly play those games and you step back in time to a game like Chrono Cross or one of the earlier Final Fantasies, hmm. it, is, um, it is disarming how beautiful they are and how enchanting the worlds are, how wonderful the music is. It is like... It is, there's such an, an acute attention to detail in these games that I love the areas of the game. I love the music and, the, and the, the composition of the tracks. And from the very early moments of Chrono Cross, you can just tell that the world and the environments 
are very fantasy, but they're also very different from any other game that I've, I've played, really. The world of Chrono Cross is set in this archipelago, hmm. and there's lots of little islands, there's lots of beaches, lots of shores, and it's a very water-centric game. Um, it is, it's a game that I honestly, when you, when you look at it for the first time, it's almost difficult to find screenshots that don't involve Surge or one of the members of the party on a shore somewhere because yeah. there's just the presence of water is such a really omnipresent thing throughout the game. And it's just, it, it's all over. It's pervasive. And I really like it. It gives the game a very unique aesthetic. That's very blue and very lush. And that's not to say that there aren't um, like forests and there, and there aren't like more towns areas, but for me, the, the pervasive image of the game is definitely beaches and shores. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get that sense. I mean, you showed me quite a few screenshots of some different areas and I, I watched you playing some of the game at certain points throughout. And despite the fact that it, it does take place in sort of island archipelago area, that's definitely got lots of beaches, lots of shores, lots of, you know, island towns, there is kind of a lot of diversity. Like, despite all of that, I mean, I saw areas that were inside of a volcano and areas that were in like a weird series of like desert sand caves. And you showed me a screenshot of some weird thing that looked like it was drawn by crayon and... There was just all kinds of strange, like, high-up tree insect canopy areas. Like, it was a, a lot of diversity in the different locations you showed me, and they all looked beautiful. Yeah, that's definitely a staple of, of Square, I think, from this time period. Mm. Um, they definitely wanted to hit all the main ecologies. They wanted to give you a kind of, a, of an atmosphere experience of every kind of area. You want a hot area and a cold area and, and an arid, dry desert, and you want to give you a lush forest and... That they definitely do check all those boxes, but for me, the main image of the game comes down to this beach, and it yeah. comes down to Surge's little fishing village and that that starting area. Oh my gosh, the starting music from the original town is so beautiful. And yeah, actually, I want to play a little bit of it for you. Okay. So uh, go ahead and throw some headphones on. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the opening town for Chrono Cross. This is the, the town of Arnie, where Surge is from. It definitely has a unique feel to it, especially for an opening town theme. Like to me, this kind of theme evokes like maybe a midpoint in a game where the, the protagonist and the love interest are having a quiet conversation, looking at a sunset. Like that's that's what that kind of evokes to me. That doesn't evoke opening town theme. It's gorgeous, and it's it definitely unique for for being an opening. Yeah, it's really relaxing. Um, it's a it's a town theme that you'll hear multiple times throughout the game. Hmm. Um, I don't know. How, you are you familiar with Chrono, Chrono Trigger's story at all, or Chrono Cross's story at all? Not enough. No. Well, the the TLDR is that it involves a lot of time travel and it involves a lot of dimensions. I mean, the Chrono in the name Chrono Cross and Trigger would would indicate that exactly. And one of the things that Surge and his friends are doing is that, in addition to traveling to different worlds, but they're also going to towns that they're vaguely familiar with. So there's a lot of tracks mm. on the OST that are um, that are reminiscent of other towns. You know, you've got you've got the main Arnie theme and then you've got an alternate parallel world Arnie theme. Mm. You've got a main theme for X City and then you've got a weird parallel version of it. 
And uh, I applaud the the developers for doing that, for going that far and, and creating different soundtracks for each area to kind of give those areas different vibes. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing that is consistent, especially with Square. We've had a couple Square games as our, our gem segment, and we've done Square games in the past. And even the most negative of Square games pretty much always consistently says, the music's beautiful, though. I mean, Square just, no matter how bad their game may be, they have gorgeous music. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to the whole time travel storyline and world traveling storyline, it basically all kicks off with Surge as a character um, leaving his world very abruptly. Mm. And when he arrives in this parallel world, you know, not to, not to, this is the first hour of gameplay, so no spoilers or anything. Sure. Um, when he arrives in this parallel world, he goes to go home and realizes that everything is kind of different. He doesn't realize that he's slipped into an alternate universe, essentially. Mm. And he goes home, but now someone else lives in his house. And when he starts walking around the town, he says, hey, I'm Surge. Like, what, what's going on? And people go, I don't know who you are. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never seen you before in my life. And he goes, wait a minute. I've grown up here. I've, you know, I've, I've lived here, you know, my entire life. And all of his friends suddenly don't recognize him. And all of his family is suddenly gone. And um, it's, it's a very interesting game that kind of takes the player on a really weird journey. But it's because of this music that those story beats are really, really powerful. And they're really, really captivating. There's a really interesting thing about that, though, actually. I was I was in the room with you when you were playing through that early segment of the game, that moment that, that happened, and it seemed like you were taken along with it, too. Like, you were just as confused as Surge was. You didn't seem to fully realize at that moment that you'd slipped into an alternate world. You went into Surge's house and going, wait, why is this person in Surge's house? Like, yeah. You even seem taken up in it. Yeah, and the game, uh, the game doesn't spell it out for you until you are told to go visit um, kind of a, a, a cliff. And Surge in this other world goes up on this cliff and he finds a gravestone and it says, here lies Surge. And he realizes that in this world, the Surge died and that Surge doesn't exist anymore. So there, I mean, at a certain point, the game spells it out for you that you're not, you're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. And the, the, the plot overall involves Surge trying to make his way home. But as most square titles from this, this time period you know, involve, and even today, it involves a larger save the world storyline. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bread and butter for for square yeah there are two things about this game that are not bread and butter though that are Mm. marmite uh, i would i would (laughs) dare say one is the character roster um i don't know if you i don't know if you know about the character roster of chrono cross i saw a little bit of it over your shoulder yeah it is um i'm gonna go on a limit i'm gonna say it is the largest character roster i've ever seen in a video game um at least for your main party characters that you can use throughout the entire game it is a disarmingly large and developed and deep character roster of I, I'm gonna guess in excess of forty to fifty characters. Damn, that's 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 a lot. I mean, the only other games I can think of even close to this genre that would have something like that are games that allow you to just create your own NPC, basically create your own party member, but that doesn't even count. I mean in Chrono Cross it sounds like that number is unique pre-created square designed party members exactly exactly and i've never i don't know of any games in this genre that have even remotely close i mean i don't i wouldn't count something like final fantasy tactics Hmm. because that's not the same style of genre i mean of game yeah i mean in terms of traditional turn-based jrpgs i can't think of a game that even gets to half of chrono cross's roster size no i mean the largest one i can think of off the top of my head might be 
Seven has a pretty decently sized roster, but I mean, it's like not even a fourth, much less a half of what yeah of what this seven has. or eight characters. I mean, all the mainline yeah. Final Fantasy games have anywhere from five to eight or nine characters, but yeah, no, Chrono Cross is sporting forty to fifty characters that are very very different, have very very different personalities, have very different innate abilities, and yeah, no, it's it's quite interesting how large and deep the roster is, and I think for a lot of people coming into Chrono Cross. They were shocked because in Chrono Trigger, there's only seven or eight characters in the game, or the main characters in the game that you can recruit. Maybe yeah. nine or something. It's it's not. It is a normal square title in that regard. Yeah. But in Chrono Cross, they threw out the playbook and they said, you know what? We want to have fifty characters or something like that. And they they went for it. They decided to just go for it, lean hard, and go in. And there are a lot of characters in this game. I mean, it definitely looked that way when I kind of glanced over and saw, and some of them just seem kind of weird like when you recruit them like there was that one girl i think her name was was leah who talked like a caveman in her text which was actually really annoying to read but she just like she's like you look at her and you go there's absolutely no way this is a, a party member what could she possibly do but then she you recruit her and she joins your party absolutely yeah i, I think even leah is not even the the most intense example of that i think the, the most intense example of that in the game mm. where someone joins your party that that you would say, what is going on here? There is literally a game, a sequence where you fight an evil chef uh -huh. and he turns into a good chef and says, okay, I joined your party. And suddenly <laughs> you have the chef in your party that you've spoken to maybe like five times in the whole game. And it's like, Weird. well then, yeah, no, it's, it is like so many characters throughout the game. You will just pick up along the way and they go, cool, I'm with you now forever. Let's go YOLO. And I'm like, whoa, it's, <laughs> It's pretty intense. Some of them have really, really intricate backstories. Some of them have really detailed backstories, and they have lots of motivations. The first character you'll recruit, or potentially the first character, depending on how you how you move along through the game, mm. is a character named Kid. And she is this young thief chick who is a mainstay in your party. She's she's a huge part of the plot moving forward, mm. and she's really, really well developed. Um, and there's a there's a couple of characters that I would say are really, really well developed. Yeah. But there are also a couple of cavemen people and chef people that you pick up along the way, and you go. Oh my gosh! Why are you why are you traveling with me? Yeah, and there was a point I feel like you were describing to me something that I felt like was really weird and unusual, which is at one point maybe like two thirds or three fourths the way through the game, where suddenly you don't have access to any of your previous party, even your main character, and you have this whole new group of people you have to be for a little while. Yeah, yeah, that involves a really big twist in the game. Yeah, um, I. You know, I don't feel like spoiling that. Um, yeah, I was trying to keep it in vague, non-story terms, but it's just kind of a weird thing for any game to... Yeah, needless to say, at a certain point in the game, your party will shift dramatically, and the main character will shift dramatically. And at that point, you start encountering brand new characters, so your party from 20 suddenly goes down to 1, and then you start recruiting dozens and dozens of more characters, and you think, oh my gosh, this party size is just getting gigantic. Yeah, it just it's just out of control from the look of it. It's a shame. There was one character in my file that I didn't get to recruit that I could tell was a recruitable character. You mm. meet him very early. He's this badass, white-haired guard guy named Glenn. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, oh, man, I can't wait to recruit Glenn. I never actually acquired Glenn. I saw him three or four times throughout the game, and I never got to recruit Glenn. Huh. Interesting. Maybe he just isn't recruitable. Every so often, a game will do that to you. It'll give you somebody who's like this amazing... Uh, you know, really powerful NPC character, but is never actually recruitable. Uh, I didn't look it up. As, as I, I guess that's technically possible. It, I, it could be that you can't recruit 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 Glenn, but um, 
I'm actually, I meant, I, I believe in my heart of hearts you can get Glenn. <laughs> all right. Yeah, there's there's so many characters in the game, and the roster is so deep, and they're all so different and varied. Um, one of my favorite characters is this uh, jester chick. Her name is Harley, mm-hmm. and she recurs throughout the game as kind of a pseudo-villain slash anti-hero, mm-hmm. and you battle her a couple of times, and then you ultimately you know end up recruiting her for a little bit. And yeah, Harley was one of my favorite characters. I think Harley's probably a a favorite for a lot of fans out there. I mean, it definitely fits a, uh, a model that's very, very popular. I mean, obviously, Harley Quinn is one of the most popular Batman characters ever, and it seems like it's a pretty similar concept. I just thought it was so cool that you could you could actually recruit characters like Cloud in the game. You know, I thought that was so neat that you could recruit Cloud. You can recruit Cloud? As in, like, FF7 Cloud? No, you can't. I'm just joking. <laughs> I figured you were. <laughs> Taylor's face is so angry at me. Well, we've got two listener-submitted stories today. Both come from regular listeners of the podcast, among the only people listening to Scanline Vibes, and I really (laughs) wanted to give them both special shout-outs, so I'm going to go ahead and read these stories. Is it okay if I read these stories, Taylor? Hey, it's your show. Awesome. The first says, People wanted a direct sequel to Chrono Trigger, and were upset when they realized the game only had a thin connection to the original game. So instead of appreciating the unique characters, graphics, intriguing story, new battle system, and non-grinding level system, they dismissed the game because they didn't get the original characters in playable form. And the second? What's not to love about this? The music is amazing. The graphics are amazing even to this day. The story is great, and it only gets better after the big twist. The battle system is unique, in a good way. The stamina and element system used was a great idea, and really well executed. The last boss is also very unique, as there was a specific way to get the real ending. I would recommend this to anybody who hasn't played such a great game on one of the best JRPGs on the PSX from Rogue Ricky Tan. But yeah, both these stories, I just want to give you guys both shout outs. And I also just want to give a shout out to Tim, Garrett, Corey, and Chris. You guys are among the most consistent listeners anybody could ever ask for. And I really appreciate your comments and appreciate you listening. And honestly, I appreciate you guys pointing me onto this amazing game. I had never played Chrono Cross before hearing the submission and Mm. getting to play it for myself was just an amazing experience. So yeah, Tim, Garrett, Corey, Chris, thank you so much, guys. Like, I really appreciate it. Yeah, shout out to all of our regular listeners. These stories actually do bring up uh, something I I would like to put to you. Clyde, as best as you possibly can, explain to me Chrono Cross's battle system. That is kind of a doozy. There's a lot of moving parts going on. I Um, definitely noticed that, which is why I'm asking. The most important thing is the stamina system. Mm. Um, The stamina system dictates how many actions you can take in a turn. Okay. So each character starts each round with a certain amount of stamina, Mm -hmm. and it can be anywhere from five to seven or something like that. Okay. And different attacks will cost a different amount of stamina, and likewise, they have different percent chances to hit. Mm. As you attack things physically, you build up energy, energy points, which you can then use to spend on spells and abilities. Okay. So essentially, there's three fundamental things you got to watch out for. One, you're watching your stamina to mm-hmm. make sure you're not depleting yourself. Two, you're trying to make the correct attacks so that you build up energy points. And three, you're expending your energy points in as reasonable time frame as possible to get the maximum healing done or the maximum damage output. So yeah, it's, it's a lot going on. And uh, even above all of that, there's a kind of elemental system that tracks what last three elements have been used in order to create combination attacks and more powerful abilities. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in this combat system. Yeah. One of the things I didn't hear you mention, but maybe it was one of those things that you already talked about and I just didn't catch it, was there's this kind of, it's like, to me at least, when I was watching over your shoulder, it was the most 
obvious part of the combat screen, which is this weird, like, colored, almost pyramid, but on its side. And it could be, like, shaped differently. It almost seemed like a branching pyramid path. It was, I don't even know what that, what is that? That is, that's what I referenced earlier when it's the three, the last three colors you've used. Mm. If you use, so each character in the game has an innate color property ascribed to them. Mm -hmm. So Surge begins the game as a white colored character. Whereas one of the the early companions you'll get is a, is a dog named Poochie, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's a yellow innate colored character. So if he uses yellow magic, it'll start to build up yellow levels on that um, kind of pyramid. If mm-hmm. Surge uses white, ma- uses white magic, it'll build up white. If you get all three to be the same, and then you use another attack that are all three the same, it'll be very, very devastating. It'll be a powerful attack. Huh. Yeah, and there's also a summon system. There's there's a lot of systems at play going on there. And yeah, I would say that it's one of the more complicated JRPG battle systems I've seen, but it's also memorable in a unique way. Um, it's definitely not the normal fanfare of just attack, and turn, attack, and turn. This is a, a very strategic battle system where you think to yourself, okay, I've got seven stamina points. I know I need to heal somebody, but I also want to do some damage this turn. How do I how do I spend my stamina correctly to make sure I can accomplish all of that in a single round? Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's almost as if they took the turn-based battle system of normal JRPGs and added in a lot of strategy to it. They definitely did. It actually... Thinking about it, it reminds me of one other JRPG, much more modern JRPG, um, just in the sense of its complicated battle system and and, uh, a little overstuffed HUD is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which I watched you play quite a lot of. Mm -hmm. And that battle system also, at least on the surface, looks very complicated and is a very, very busy HUD screen, which it seemed like Chrono Cross had, had... also suffered from or or benefited from depending on how you look at it yeah i think man i it's it's hard to compare the two because they're from such different time periods sure absolutely Uh, i will say that in chrono cross's defense gamers at that time period had a lot less in terms of expectations yeah in modern gaming in 2019 if you release a game like chrono excuse me like uh, xenoblade chronicles 2 and the hud looks like that you're going to get people talking about it because they expect Breath of the Wild. They expect it to look clean and for you to have maximum viewing and very cinematic feels. Mm. Most modern games are very cinematic in nature, right? But back in the PS1, a lot of JRPGs had menus and meters and bars and numbers flying around. Yeah, that's true. That was normal. That was kind of the normal fanfare. So um, I don't think it's fair to compare the two. I will say they both do look a little cluttered to some people. Yeah, that was um, the main comparison I was making is, is just the, the level of clutter on both, especially from someone who hasn't played either and so doesn't understand either. They yeah. both look very cluttered. And I would be and I would be lying. I mean, I cleared Chrono Cross, or I got very, very close to clearing Chrono Cross, and I would be lying if I said I was a master at that battle system. There are still elements of it that I don't fully understand wow. very precisely. So, yeah, it is a complicated battle system, and there are a number of tutorials in the game, but you still feel like you're learning a lot as the game goes on. That actually reminds me, um, and not to not to completely destroy where I was heading, but <laughs> I absolutely love stealing in JRPGs. Um, yeah. Stealing is one of my favorite abilities in JRPGs because it feels like you're rewarded for taking risks against bosses. If you're fighting a really strong, powerful boss and you steal an item from them, more often than not, it's going to be a next-level item or, or an upgrade to a piece of gear, mm. and you're getting something special. You're getting something unique. Yeah. That is something I want to plant a flag in in Chrono Cross because I think Chrono Cross may be the best example of a game where stealing is fantastic. Like, you get access to such cool gear, such cool abilities and magic 
by stealing. And mm. in so many JRPGs, I feel like stealing is just a complete waste of time because yeah. they stick on potions on a boss or they stick on useless stuff to steal. My, my go-to example for that is a game like Octopath Traveler. There's no point to stealing in half those encounters because a lot of the gear on the bosses was just not that good. Yeah, the, the biggest stealing mechanic in Octopath is more about the stealing of the money, which is not actually a steal, but you could, uh, what was it? I think it was like a taxation ability. It was the merchant's yeah. steal money ability from, from the main bosses. You could, if you timed it well, you could get a lot of money. Yeah. But even that's not really exciting or interesting. It just helps you. Yeah. And I mean, think about games like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy VIII and IX. Stealing was okay in those games. It was mm-hmm. okay, but it, it didn't feel like to me it rewarded the player proportionately for the amount of time and the amount of risk you take getting it. Whereas in Chrono Cross, I started stealing from the very minute I could with Kid, and I felt like the game really, really rewards stealing in a gratifying way. You're like, you're getting new magic abilities left and right, and you're going, wow, this is awesome. Like, stealing elements is really, really gratifying. Well, I mean, we've already established before that we're all about stealing here at Scanline Vibe, so props to Chrono Cross for doing it right. Want to steal some more music? Let's do it. All right, let me go ahead and plug in some more music. Go ahead and slap those headphones on. This is the main battle theme for Chrono Cross. I'm liking this bass line. Nice little low bass line. Nothing too heavy, nothing too crazy. Yeah, that was the main battle theme for Chrono Cross. You'd hear that song a lot, and uh, I absolutely love that track. I think it's, it's high tempo, high energy. It really sets the mood for a lot of the combat encounters. I really love that music. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this already while, while listening to it a moment ago, but I'm, I'm a sucker for a, a really good bass line, especially in, a, in a, a battle track for an RPG or a JRPG, and that one does not disappoint. Yeah, they... I think of all the things fans might want to pick apart Chrono Cross for doing wrong, they might want to pick apart for too many characters, they might want to attack it for not being strong enoughly tied to Chrono Trigger. Mm. I think the one thing you can't attack Chrono Cross for is its presentation. I think mm. the visuals are so strong and so beautiful, and the music is so well composed. I, that is one thing that I think, wow. I mean, this is a really this game really contains the spirit of JRPGs in the PS1 to me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that's just two things that Square pretty much can't mess up is the visuals and the music. Yeah, they, they killed it. It reminds me of one of my favorite sequences in the game. Uh, I'm a, gosh, one of, my, one, of my, one of the things that I love in JRPGs is late night missions. I love rain. I love stormy nights. That you do. You once trashed, was that, no, it was Octopath. You trashed Octopath solely because it didn't have any rainy segments yeah yeah that's it was a shame i think if you put rain in octopath i'd have loved it but yeah six, <laughs> six out of ten sorry sorry squared but yes just to really put it in perspective for for scanland vibes listeners if it doesn't have rain in it clyde is 50 percent more likely to hate the game i mean i, I love rain i love I, I love mood i i love i love setting the mood and i feel like mm. a dark stormy night really sets the mood well I, it definitely can uh, one of my favorite sequences in the game uh, involves a, a really great use of mood, and it's mm. called the Shadow Forest. Um, I think with a name like the Shadow Forest, you know that it's going to be pretty interesting yeah. and pretty eerie. It's a it's a mansion sneak in mission where you're Ooh. where you're going through this forest to sneak onto the the grounds of a mansion, and then you're trying to sneak into the mansion. And uh, I love those kinds of missions. I love seeing. I love seeing heroes having to be scrappy like that and go through these dark environments and having to sneak around guards and 
I absolutely love those this the those vibes and those situations and mm. the music for the Shadow Forest is fantastic. Uh, I'll go ahead and play a quick segment here so yeah. you, can, you can get a, a sense of what we're talking about. Let's do it. I love this track. Yeah, it definitely has an ominous feel to it. There is one thing; it almost sounds like a like a whale cry in the background. It's very faint. Yeah, I hear it. But I mean, that does add some some ambiance to it. That's for sure. I like that it's almost all very very light and high pitched and and everything. But every once in, once in a while, there's just this very very low pitched boom. It definitely adds to the the kind of creepiness. Yeah, I'm am a massive fan of those kinds of sequences in games, and I just love the the mood that the the aesthetics provide, and a lot of the music just it really gives players uh, a very different experience. It's not like it's JRPGs aren't all big, wide, beautiful, green, grassy fields. You know, it's yeah. There's definitely dark moments. And there's oh, definitely sure. sinister, uh, creeping moments, and I like those kind of scenes in JRPGs. Absolutely, they they really help get a little bit of diversity into the into the feel and the flow of the story. It reminds me a lot of the mansion sneak-in mission in Breath of Fire 3, which I talk about pretty exhaustively in the Breath of Fire 3 episode. Mm. Um, I love those kinds of missions, and yeah, I think just Square is good at those kinds of things. They're really, really great at just nailing those kinds of moments for the player. I mean, I can't disagree. The last thing I wanted to talk about about Chrono Cross uh, is one of the weirdest moments in the game, and Mm. uh, it's not... I think people would expect us to end this episode on the final boss or the ending, I don't. I don't really want to spoil the game, so I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna dig into that. Um, yeah. I want to dig onto a moment that actually made me laugh out loud in the game. Okay, uh, that's pretty rare for you. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre sequence. It's a really really weird sequence that um, that it completely blew my mind when it happened. Um, there's a sequence later in the game where you're on board a cruise ship and you're trying to sneak into a restricted area, mm. but the guard won't let you by, and he's like, "Nope, I'm not gonna let you by at all." And in order to progress the game you actually have to get your character transformed into a cat so that you can sneak <laughs> around the cruise ship and uh, there's this magician on board who can turn people into cats and uh, convenient and yeah and and he uh, he complies and turns Serge and his companions into cats and the three of you sneak around the uh, the innkeeper and you go up into the loft and you uncover a plot that's going on but I just I love that the three of you get turned into cats and then you spend like a good 20 minutes running around on the ship as cats and it's to me very very interesting i can't think of another jrpg that does that kind of a thing i mean final fantasy 7 puts cloud in drag <laughs> yeah but it's not cat drag that's true it's not cat drag yeah it's just it's something about the characters being turned into cats that uh really blows my mind yeah. that does that like, ever come up again is that a mechanic that happens later do you get the ability to change back into a cat for future ses- sections of the game or is it just that one moment just that one moment and the, and the magician <laughs> that that turned you into a cat and pulled us back uh when you go back to him half an hour later he goes okay my back's fine now and i'll turn you back into humans hope you had a good time running around the ship but it's very does he random. then join your party no he does not unfortunately but wow, i mean he, surprised he, he might honestly i don't know I mean, that's a great question i mean a lot there's a lot of people joining your party so that's very possible so taylor out of 10 how likely are you to play chrono cross well i'll be honest and say it's probably pretty low i think i'm very likely to finally play chrono trigger it, it feels like I'm a, I'm a bad jrpg fan because i've never played it um so i think that is definitely going to be a high high likelihood of playing chrono trigger playing chrono cross i don't know that battle system is definitely a 
uh, intimidating to look at. You you get used to it. Um, I, I would honestly say if you're going to play Chrono Trigger and if you enjoy Chrono Trigger, I think you owe it to yourself to play Chrono Cross. Um, okay. People do, you know, bash on it a little bit for the vast character library and they bash on it for a little bit of the writing being all over the place. But the presentation is so immaculate and the story is so closely tied to Chrono Trigger. Uh, par- core, there's a core part of the story that is absolutely essential to Chrono Trigger. Hmm. I think... If anybody out there is a fan of Chrono Trigger that hasn't given Chrono Cross the time of the day, you absolutely need to. You're going to get some serious PS1 JRPG vibes. You're going to have a lot of like WTF moments, but the game as a whole is so enthralling and engrossing. I, man, I spent so much time running around areas in Chrono Cross and just stopping, like stopping in the Shadow Forest or stopping in the mansion or stopping on the cruise ship and just wanting to watch and listen to the environment because it was so engrossing and beautiful. If you you go to my Instagram feed, if you go to Scanline Vibes' Instagram feed, you will see that I've been posting just gifts of of uh, chrono cross basically of just like moments that i find in chrono cross that are so beautiful that i'm like i have to stop here and record a 20 second gift because this is so beautiful yeah the presentation is so immaculate that yeah no it's it's a game that is a visual and audio treat hmm. and you just can't get aw- around that you just can't get away from that well maybe i'll have to give it a try then you know you don't sound convinced i think we should listen to one more song to convince you all right let's do it mark my words if this song doesn't change your opinion nothing will Yeah, I love this song so much. This is a this song is called "Dream of the Shore, Bordering Another World." It's very beautiful. It almost it it, it kind of tricked me a little bit actually. Something about it felt like like it was just like building up to a turn. Like there was gonna be, for lack of a better phrase, a, like a beat drop, and it was gonna switch to like like an epic final battle song or or something along those lines, or some really epic moment i mean now that i've listened to more of it i can kind of get that that's not the feel of the song i was going for but the intro to it it felt like it was building to a turn that that doesn't come yeah i adore this track and you'll hear it's a track you'll hear a lot if you end up playing chrono cross is it a field theme or or is it a spoiler for you to tell me what it is it's a super spoiler gotcha well that's all i've got for today mr taylor you got anything else you want to share with the audience i mean you don't you don't play a whole lot of ps1 games you don't especially tactical games no i mean tactical games are games you just don't play at all ever you definitely haven't played one all day yesterday so (laughs) you're fishing for something aren't you oh am i (laughs) i i am indeed fishing for something tell share with the audience taylor what have you been playing i am finally finally after being berated and begged by clyde uh playing through final fantasy tactics uh and uh, it has been quite a lot of fun so far i've been definitely enjoying it it has its problems uh it, it's it's faults it's quirks but uh overall it has been a very very fun and very exciting uh exciting game i think problems is a strong word um uh, i stand by it i think pro- i think saying it's got problems i mean every video game on earth has problems but i mean uh-huh. saying that it has problems saying fun has problems those are fighting words taylor roll for initiative <laughs> i'm i'm willing to go to bat for final fantasy tactics just like i'm willing to go to bat for chrono cross it's got some it's got some quirks some things that that i take issue with but uh but overall they're 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 not ruining my experience or ruining my enjoyment of the game well, I'm glad you're enjoying that. I know I had a blast playing through Chrono Cross, mm. and I want to thank our listeners for sending that stuff in because I'd have never played this game had it not been for them. So 
from the bottom of my heart, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing this game. Yeah, this was a this is a blast to play through. Yeah, thank you so much to our listeners. We really appreciate all of you. Well, quick announcement. Um, mm. I'm not going to be doing an episode next week. Unless, do you want to record an episode by yourself, Taylor, and release that? <laughs> uh and no <laughs> well i thought i'd try guys i tried but taylor is apparently not committed to the cause uh, <laughs> now i'm gonna take next week off i'm actually working on a big bad super secret podcasting project that will be unveiled a little bit closer to when things are announced but rest assured all 10 of you listening you'll be the first people to know i really appreciate you guys and you know everything all of the feedback and all the commentary the shares just all the messages it, it really means a lot so thank you for that but yeah, next week we'll be off and I'll be working on that stuff. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. I, I don't want to commit to this just yet. Mm. I'm currently replaying Legend of Ligaya. And Ooh. that also comes from a listener. Um, shout outs. And I am super, super excited to jump into Legend of Ligaya. I played it as a kid. I played it as a teenager. Loved the game. And I'm replaying it for the first time in like 15 years or something like that. Damn. And uh, I'm finding it really interesting. So that is probably the next gem, our gem episode that'll be coming out in a couple weeks. But uh, yeah, enjoy next week off. Play lots of D&D. Play some Chrono Cross if you haven't yet. And definitely laugh at Taylor playing Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, enjoy your week off. Look forward to Legend of Gaia, And uh, let me give you just a tiny little tease. Look forward to this project that Clyde's working on. I'm not going to spoil anything or give any hints, but uh, I know what the secret is. And uh, it is definitely worth getting excited for. I how know do you, I'm how, very excited for how it. How do you know what the secret is? I haven't told you anything. It's on the wall right over there. Dang it. <laughs> Foiled by my own planning system. If we had a video podcast, all of your listeners would know it too. That's true. That is definitely the case. Well, you guys will be the first to know. I'll have more information and more details in a couple weeks. Or just DM me and I'll just tell you all about it right now. I can rant and rave about it. It's great. So. <laughs> but yeah, have a good one, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, keep on sharing the games you love with the people you like. See you guys next time on Scanline Vibes. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.